Well, F2 and F3 went back to Barcelona this week, and it was a home race win in F3, and we'll discuss it later throughout this podcast. Welcome to episode 14 of Formula Talk, and today we're discussing, as mentioned, F2 and F3 in Barcelona, and maybe a little bit about Le Mans, which is happening this weekend as well. My name is Sophia, and joining me today, we have, as always, the lovely Tom Downey. Hello. The one described for, for the mute button. Hello, <laughs> mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And yourself? Oh, I'm very well. I'm loving my new car. I'm loving it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You sent me the photos and everything and the video of it. it sounds really great. <laughs> it's, uh, it, honestly, it, it's, it's, because it's an NAV8, it sounds like old school GP2 engines, but not the Alonso ones. So, yeah. I love <laughs> nice. it. Good memories of those engines. <laughs> But before we get into this episode, we must thank our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your championship finals info, news, stats, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports of this year's NBA and Stanley Cup finals. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs, from basketball to hockey to MLB to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games, are available to play right from your home. Get in on the action today by heading to the website or using your mobile device to join and make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And also, if you've enjoyed this podcast as well, we would love it if you would take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who've not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like, share, follow, subscribe. Well, let's get into it. So as mentioned, F2 and F3 went to Barcelona this weekend, and it was a very interesting weekend. We had safety cars, we had changing weather, we had... So many time penalties as well for both um, F2 and F3. And obviously, we did see it in F1. And you can listen to Grid Talk's um, race review about that as well. But yeah, it was a very interesting weekend. Sometimes it was raining. Sometimes it was dry. Tire strategies, tire degradation. Absolutely mental. But let's get into F2, Tom. So I was like, let's start off with a little bit of qualifying. Who took pole? And then let's see how the sprint race went. Yeah, so just um, you know, just 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 looking at F two, it was um, it was a double Prima top spots this weekend. I guess I guess I guess you could say, and that was in both the feature and 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 the sprint race. Um, if we just look at the sprint race quickly, um, oh sorry, just, just before I say that, just before I say that, let, let me just finish what I said before I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, it was Frederick Vesti who took the win in the sprint race. And my boy who are backs, Oddie Behrman, I told you, I told you, uh, won the uh, – getting predictions in early, by the way. Um, the same as well. I said Ollie as well. So I, we both won. Uh, oh, God, oh, yeah. Okay, mate. Sure. Uh, I'll I'll compromise. But, yes, no, it was uh, – yeah, no, it was Ollie Behrman who took, um, who took the win in the feature race. So just looking quickly at the sprints, it was um, Amory Cordille uh, who was on reverse pole um, – and then Oli Behrman, uh, obviously, obviously taking taking pole for for the for the for the main event. Uh, it was actually, as I said, Frederick Vesti who got his third who got his third win of the season and won the sprint race. He did pretty damn well as well. Uh, it was um, 
uh, he it, it was pretty tricky conditions out there. Uh, you know, it was it was it was it was a wet track that was that was drying, and also um, yeah, he was he was fending off a fending off a, a sort of charge from behind as well. Um, you know, for uh, which could have which could have an impact on 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 the uh, on, on the title. I mean, you know, we've seen it in F two and F three, you know, just how much every point matters. Um, do want to say very quickly, Topo Shout put in two sensational uh, late late moves after the, after the. I think it was the last safety car. I'm fairly sure it was the last safety. Car. Thank you. It was. Yeah, yeah. He, he put in two really good moves um, to to get himself up into P two. Uh, he started ninth as well, um, and was just just keeping tabs on on Frederick Vesti in in the championship fight. Uh, it was uh, Pochet's teammate Victor Martins who got his uh, got his. Uh, I don't even know how many podiums he's he's, he's got now, um, but uh, but I, I I can't tell you he finished third. So ART had had a, had a two three uh, on on the podium, uh, and it was ah oh, there we are. Uh, thank you so for that message. It was his first podium since the second round in Jeddah. So yeah, so uh, be, been a been a little while uh, you know been a little while coming, but it's here. Um, just talk quickly about the reverse pulse uh, uh Cordial. He he did launch off in, in into in, into the lead. Um we didn't have a standing start. We had a rolling start due due to the rain. And I got and as much as I think you know, we all want to see, you know, racing and you know, you know watching racing cars launch off the line is is one of life's sort of great pleasures. I do think a rolling start was was the best option because you know, especially with the sort of somewhat volatile nature um, of of F two drivers can collide, and that's exactly what happened, even with the rolling start. So Jack Crawford went out after he after he had contact with um, with Frederick Vesti on lap one. Vesti didn't you know he, he didn't 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 get too down in terms about it, and he did ultimately take the lead from from Cordial into I believe it was turn ten on 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 the second lap. Um, that was after Cordial ran quite wide on the corner entry, and he left the door open. And you know, you don't need to give you know, especially someone in a title fight, in F2, you don't need to give them a, a, a second chance. Um, after that, uh, Victor, uh, Victor Martins just um, you know, just uh, just sailed off in, into the lead more or less by a half a point through the race. He, he was he, he had a five. Um, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, by. By the halfway point in the race, Frederick Vesti had a five-second lead, or oh, five and a half-second lead, I think it was, over 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 Victor Martins. Um, the track was beginning to dry, so we we did we did see a bit of chopping and change, or a bit of sort of indecision between slicks to you know uh, wets to slicks, tires with uh, sorry drivers were then struggling with tires overheating. So yeah, it was um, it was it was. Uh, it 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 was a pretty good race. It, it it wasn't it wasn't a classic by any stretch, but I do I do also think that the sort of changeable condition changeable conditions always makes things interesting. You know, you need to look at pretty much any race and you'll see that. Plus, with the um with with, with the double right hand, obviously they've now got rid of the final chicane. Thank you. Finally, someone listened at the FIA. You know, and if it was on safety grounds, well, then why have we still got Roy Nassani in F2? Um, savage, I know. Um, so it's just, so it's just like, I can't believe he just said that. It's like, I can. Um, so yeah, so yeah, uh, uh yeah, uh, and then you know, just, just looking at, at the end of the race, um, uh, Correa brought out the safety car, um, 
I do think it's a bit amateurish, to be honest, um, because he, he spun it into the gravel, which, you know, yeah, happens, whatever. But he then just kept burying his foot, and he was just, you know, it's, the whole point of gravel is to stop you. So if you just bury, you're just going to get bogged down, and then that's what he kept doing. Safety car came out. Um, that was when uh, Pocher made a really good move at the inside of Dennis Hanger at turn one on, on the restart. I was practically on the edge of the sofa by that point. I was like, oh, my God, is he going to make it? You know, full, like, tension up. But no, he did. Um, yeah, a good, um, very good restart from Pochette. Firstly, held him off. Um, they were trading fastest laps. And, um, yeah, you know, very, very, very good win for, for Frederick Firstly. The one time that, that we don't say that Taylor Pochette is going to have a stormy weekend, he actually does really well. You know, maybe he's got, like, maybe he's got, like, that, that, that like, um, reverse curse or something. I don't know, but I mean, it's the same as like what what I say about Zayn Maloney. Zayn well. Maloney on the podium, <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> all over again. So yeah, so the, but but yeah, the the, the, the sprint race, you know, I think, largely helped by 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 the conditions. It was it was a very very good race. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I'll put my hand up and be honest. I this is probably one of the first weekends I've actually missed majority of the weekend. I, I'm currently house and dog sitting for my mate and the lovely dog is a, just under five years old. Staffy is very, very needy and adorable, but trying to like watch the race or even trying to find a stream that will work because they don't have sky um, was very tricky. So I actually missed the majority of this entire weekend. So I was watching the highlights though when I had the chance um, over the last couple of days as we're recording right now on Wednesday. Um, but to be fair, like it was, yeah, I agree with the rookie mistake. I say rookie, but it shouldn't be of Korea. Like, I mean, to be fair, he's got a busy weekend and we'll mention it later on when we talk about Le Mans because he is one of the few drivers that are in F2 and also the, um, and I believe F3 as well, will be racing in Le Mans later on. So I don't think he wanted to do too many issues and have any kind of issues for this weekend coming. But yeah, I mean, looking at it as well, like doing uh, Hager had four, so very close to some of our predictions, doing was fifth. For sure, it was six. Uh, Behrman was able to get points. And then Awasa was able to promote into final points after Cordell received a five-second time penalty for track limits. Uh, I believe he was the only one in that sprint race that received the track limits violation. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at the feature race, as mentioned, Ollie Behrman was able to claim um, the win, taking his second feature race of the season, pretty much starting from pole, finishing on the top spot. Um, he decided to do it on the conventional strategy, clearing traffic in the critical mid- middle phase of the race to secure the top spot. Uh, Enzo Fittipaldi finished second for Carling. He was challenging Behrman earlier through the race, but had to hold off from a late charge from Victor Martins, who took back-to-back podiums for the third time for ART. Um, looking at the race in general, when lights went out, Behrman was able to cover Fittipaldi as the lights out, but Owasa was able to put them three wide into the first corner. However, this man, um, Enzo, had to go run out road at turn two, skipping off across the runoff area. He was able to rejoin in second, so no kind of damage loss. Um, but because of that, Teo Pichero was able to take advantage um, of those ahead of them, pretty much passing Owasa for third at turn four. Jack Dewan was able to move up into fourth with a bold move on Owasa, going from the outside of turn 10 and sealing it in turn 12. 
Um, table chair and Owasa were the first leaders to do the mandatory pit stops on lap 10. They swapped for the hard tires and rejoined in the same order that they entered, which was pretty much going down into 17th and 18th on the grid. Uh, Porsche was able to sweep around the outside of Fittipaldi, but ran deep into turn one, falling to line, failing to falling back in line behind his rival. The battling allowed the race leader Berman to extend his first in until lap 14, which to be fair, those tires were only like were meant to stay till about lap 10, lap 12. So to do an extra two laps was definitely needed. And tire strategy was such a key thing in Barcelona, given how tire degradation is and how much pressure they put on um, these tires throughout the entire race weekend. So he was able to make a switch into the hard compound and rejoined 3.5 seconds clear of Fittipaldi, but the gap fell just under 0.5 seconds by the end of the lap With once uh, Fittipaldi's tires were able to warm up because in F2 there is no tire blankets. So because of that, the drivers have to manage their um, tires and make sure that they get to the right level, which is a really good skill to have, especially because obviously F1 we currently do have tire blankets, but we won't in the future as well with the new rules. So this is a great opportunity for some of these drivers to show the skills, especially if they do come into F1. They've been doing it since most of their career, and it's not going to be as much of a change. Whereas when F1 does it, some of these drivers might not know because it's been many, many years, if any years, since they raced in lower season support series. Um, but with Behrman doing the alternate strategy, he was able to make a bold move into turn one on Dennis Hager, um, and pretty much, and Zay Maloney as well, minus he had not pitted. Going through wide, Vesti was able to claim the inside um, and seventh position in one move. One lap later, he cleared Terrell Pocher into lap one, getting his sights on Victor Martins and ahead. Berman was able to remain out of touch in front, securing, as mentioned, his third victory of his rookie campaign ahead of Fitzpatrick and Martins. First, he tried to, um, on consecutive laps, to move up a few places, but couldn't get through Owasa for fourth place. Duan was able to finish sixth, so double points for him this weekend, ahead of Porcher and Harger, Arthur Leclerc, and Richard Vashore rounded up uh, the top 10 in P9 and P10. So, Interesting one in F2. I mean, the feature race by looking at it wasn't as dramatic as the sprint race, given how weather was not much um, of an issue in the feature. Not many time penalties, not many contact or crashes. So it was a good race, I guess. I mean, we were kind of right, as mentioned in our uh, predictions. So, yeah, but let's just take a look at the standings. Um, We do have a bit of a break. We have about till the end of the month until F2 and F3 go back racing in Austria. So looking at the standings with having the win and getting some points um, in the feature race, Frederick Vesti is on top with 110 points, followed by Terpochera with 99 points. Uh, Owasa still is in third with 82, followed by Oli Behrman in fourth with 70. And then it's a little bit of a gap with Dennis Harger down in fifth with 57. But pretty much from P6 to, I want to say, P9, it's two-point difference. So Richard Vashore, 50, Fittipaldi, 49, Krishmani, 59. Uh, sorry, 49, sorry, for both of them. Same Maloney, 48, and Victor Martens is 45. So quite a good weekend. I'm excited to see how Austria goes as well. Um, we don't have that many rounds coming up. Um, don't have that many rounds left 
into it. But let's take a look at F3. Now, F3 was a little bit more chaotic, I will say. Um, there was a lot of time penalties for exceeding track limits and a few um, crashes and rookie mistakes. So, Tom, do you want to do the sprint race again? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I was just uh, also fired off a work email. Um, whoever said I can't multitask, me, that's who. Um, you know, just uh, just just looking at the at the sprint race for, for F three. Um, so as as you said, so it was was indeed a home race win. Um, but we also saw a lot of time penalties this weekend, uh, mainly for track limits. We saw them a lot at turn five, turn nine, turn ten. Those seem to be, and then some at turn three as well. Um, but th- those seem to be the main corners where where drivers were getting pinged for track limits. So um just very quickly, uh Quali we saw Pepe Marty take pole for for the feature race. Um and then on reverse pole, so you know, so for reverse grid, um Zach O'Sullivan uh was starting uh, starting P1 in the sprint race. So in the sprint race, Zach O'Sullivan Kept his cool, you know. It was, uh, you know, what was what's the thing? Cool, calm, collected. Basically, the opposite of me. Um, and yeah, he um, he 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 got a good start, led, and uh, and and yeah, just um, just all just as much as you can in F three because obviously it's just carnage. Um, he pretty much just cruised his way to 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 his second win of the season. Um, there were two safety car restarts. And you know Luke Bryan was closing in behind him, but you know Zach O'Sullivan really held his nerve. A very very good drive, very mature drive, I would say actually. Um, you know held held his held his nerve, held off Luke Browning, did everything he needed to do, led every lap, and yeah, it was a it was a really really good win. Um, Luke, Luke Browning, I think he's probably quite disappointed that he didn't get the win because he had really good pace, but. You know, like I said, Zach O'Sullivan, really mature, sensible drive, defended really well, and yeah, it was you know, it was it was quite good to see that sort of um, the the Luke Browning not settled for second because that's not quite right, but it was it was good to see that he didn't try and make like a really really like late lunge into turn one, especially if you get the slingshot off you know off 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 the final corner because um, we can see that sometimes in you know in 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 the junior series. Um, but yeah, no, it was it, it was it was it was a good race from 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 both of them. Um, and then to, towards towards the end of the race, then he was uh, he was he was, un, he was under pressure from. Um, uh, oh God, I never say his name right. Here we go. Um, for Naroli, uh, I, I'm just going to call it. I'm going to call him Leonardo um, because that's that, that's that's easier to say. Um, but yeah, no, it's a uh, it, uh, it, 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 the, the three of them. Very very good actually I thought, um, and and yeah you know they they, they all all drove very well they, they all did very well to 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 be on the podium. Another driver to give a very sort of big shout out to Paul Aaron. He started P eight and um, and he was uh, he was he was up to he was up to P five um, by the time the safety car came out, uh, which the safety car was up I believe end of lap one um, because Ida Curran 
uh, found the barriers at turn. You see the turn nine or ten? I never remember which one is which. I think it was uh, turn nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think turn nine is where you can right off the top of the hill onto the DRS straight, and then turn ten is the end of the DRS straight. I can never remember if turn nine is the king going up and turn ten is the right hander or what. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, I'm it's it's where a lot of the drivers went off in F1 quality as well. Um, so yeah, so. All, all in all, to to be fair, um, F three pretty well behaved. Um, it was, uh, yeah, you know, like 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 we said, it was um, Zach O'Sullivan um, held his nerve. Luke Browning did well, um, and then ultimately Luke Browning was was then was then pulled uh, off Leonardo. I'm not gonna say his surname. I do apologize because I will just get it wrong and I will just end up biting my own tongue. Um, and yeah, it was uh, a, a bit disappointed with Gregoire Saucy because uh, I, I thought you know, he's been pretty good so far this season, but he ran pretty wide at that at that final corner, and Paul Aaron just he's just yeah right thanks see you later son, and just just mugged him down the straight and then shut the door firmly uh, on the exit of turn one, and then he, he then lost places to oh God, I'm sure it was Sebastian Montoya and Bortoleto, I think. Um, he definitely lost places to two more on on the exit of turn one. So he re it, you know all from a poor exit out of the final corner, just by running wide, he really compromised his entire line and lost three places. Yeah, so only takes one mistake, especially in F three. It's it's that competitive for it. Like one slight go offline, and you're potentially out of the points or just out of positions. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah. It, it wasn't great to be honest, and and Kimi's had a relatively good start to the season. I'd imagine he'd be pretty disappointed with that. But hey ho, um, we'll just have a quick chat about Gabriel Mini, obviously you know, championship leader, all, all 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 the rest of it. Um, he was having a good he was having a good battle with it with Mansell, not Nigel Mansell, as we've been over um, on on lap sixteen. But they did have a bit of a coming together. Um, Mansell went spinning off at turn two, brought out a safety car. And Gabriel Mini got a ten second penalty for causing a collision, which uh, it, it's like you know, it is. You've got to look at it two ways. You've got to look at it one way, like it's racing, but the other way, you can't just you know you're not playing dodgems. You know you are still in you know an FIA grade single seater. So you know, so if you know, I, I was sort of on the fence about it, but then sort of like looking back on it, I, th- I think the penalty is more you know getting a penalty is more than fair. But I was a bit surprised it was ten seconds. But I suppose also on on the flip side, he nigh on ruined um, uh, Mansell's race. So yeah, um, and then just you know just 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 saying about after after the restart, Zachary Sullivan just put put a bit of daylight between him and Luke Browning. And then Luke Browning was fighting off with Leonardo for P three, and then yeah, that was that was it. Uh, I, I've got to be honest, I'm really enjoying S three this year. Really yeah. enjoying it. It's definitely super competitive. I mean, just to mention as well, Gabriel Mini qualified P18 because he had a lap time deleted towards the end, which put him out of the reverse kind of position. So to be fair, going from P18 to kind of battling up and like, I want to say he was like around P14, 15 when that battle with Mansell was um, on lap 16. So to move up a few places, it is tricky and it, it, these drivers are getting their elbows out for it, but 
um watching back i do understand because they've had they had multiple battles throughout that race but it was this one in lap 16 which led to the contact which led to uh christian mansell um pretty much dnfing i think it was, it was an accumulation of all the battles like if we take for example Clement novlak in f2 in monaco he got some penalties because of all of his battles that he was doing um, outside the tunnel in Monaco. So it was kind of, I believe it was just like an accumulation of all the battling and not safe moves that, they, that Gabriel Mini was doing throughout the race um, in the sprint race. But feature race, it was Campos who are based in Barcelona with a Bar- uh, uh, driver from Barcelona, Joseph Pepe Marti. It was like, he proved that there's no place like home. He secured his first F3 feature race victory. Um, pretty much, he started from pole, kept everything in check to convert it into his third win of the campaign. He's won two sprints beforehand this season so far. And he's now moved himself very much closer into the title contending. Uh, we'll discuss the standings after this feature race review. Um, Franco Colpinto which is a driver we both mentioned, I believe, in our predictions in episode 13. He was able to return to the podium for the first time since Bahrain sprint race, but couldn't catch Marty for the win after the mid-race overtake for second. Dina Bekovic, who had not the best sprint race um, yesterday, um, the day before, pretty much his consistency was able to keep him comfortably finishing third. Um, but looking at it, despite getting a strong launch off the pole, uh, Pepe Marti was forced immediately to dive into the inside to co- cover off Taylor Barnard, which I'll mention Taylor Barnard to qualify P2 really good. However, his race became undone the minute it started. <laughs> um, pretty much um, going down to, uh, to, uh, towards the rest of the grid after scoring his medium podium in the sprint race. Um, Luke Browning's race came early. Um, on the opening lap, he had contact with Leonardo Polarali down into turn four left, which left the number 16 high-tech driver pulling up with a broken suspension, bringing out the safety car. Marty Abel was able to make the jump early on lap seven, uh, pulling away from Taylor Barnard through turn 12. The Britain was able to, was all over the campus driver uh, just after the restart, but couldn't sustain the pace and dropping out of DRS range by lap 10. And this is just where it all kind of unfolds for Taylor Barnard. He just began to steadily drop down the order with Colapinto overtaking and Brekovic uh, breezing past the driver on the main straight on consecutive laps with the DRS support, followed by Bartoletto and Paul Aaron going past shortly after in the following laps. A mistake out of the final corner gave uh, Mary Bora and Sebastian Montour the opportunities to pounce as well onto Taylor Barnard. Um, while... Boya, who is also from Spain, um, was able to get through. Taylor was able to fight back, diving up the inside of Sebastian Montoya to remain uh, eighth momentarily before a late lunge from Montoya struck. In the battle for the final points, sprint race winner Zach O'Sullivan was able to make an ambitious overtake attempt over Oliver Guthrie on the outside of turn 13. It pretty much meant that the pair went three wide with Gregor Saucy going into the mix on lap 19. Although both um, although both the Premier driver and the ART drivers were able to get past, it was Gregor Saucy who picked up a puncture after a slight contact with the trident of Oliver Goethe's front wing. Saucy dropped back to the 
Park while Gothe received a 10-second time, time penalty for this collision. But Alpha, nobody could deny Pepe Marti this win. And with a home race win, the crowd was going absolutely wild. He was able to take the checkered flag 4.4 seconds ahead of Franco Colapinto and Dino Bekovic. Uh, Bortoletto achieved back-to-back P4 finishes ahead of uh, Paul Aaron and another Spaniard, Mary Boya. So I was watching, to be fair, that was the only race I was able to watch from start to finish was F3's feature race. And watching the lead up to it, seeing people in the crowd with the signs for Pepe Marti, I feel bad for Boya because I didn't see anything for Boya, but I was, all I saw was just for Pepe Marti. Mind you, again, he was on pole. He had more of the content to kind of win. Um, but it was just absolutely amazing. And then when coming across the checkered flag and putting the car into the park for me, you see Fernando Alonso there because he is part of um, Fernando Alonso's management team, the AF14 management, I think it's called. So it was so nice to see. And it, it did mean a lot. Like you could see him like sitting on the podium after all the celebrations and just like kind of soaking it in. Like to win at your home race, I feel like it's probably one of the best achievements you can have um, in your career. Obviously, like, Guys want to win Monaco and win Indy 500s and Le Mans and all that, but when it's more attainable to get a home race win, I think it's probably the nicest thing to have. And especially because he was actually very down in the standings, but because of how well he performed, he actually moves up to P2 in the standings for it. And he's, there's a big gap between Barcelona, but it, it definitely has helped him in that. But Honestly, like the race was so good. Like, like I said, it was the only one I was able to kind of see all the way through. There's a few other drivers that had time uh, time penalties down the grid, but obviously it didn't really matter because it was in the non-points um, positions. But yeah, I mean, looking at the standings, a bit of a shakeup uh, with Mini not scoring any points um, this previous weekend and Saucy as well. It means Gabriel Botoleto is currently... First with 92 points and then a big gap with Pepe Marti at 68, followed by Dino Bekovic, which with his um, podium and decent position in, oh no, he didn't score points in the sprint. He was close to the sprint, but didn't score any points. He's moved to third with 61 points. Gabriel Mini, again, no points this weekend, is still at 56. Paul Aaron scoring points in both races is at 54 in P5. but. It's very more, it is more um, competitive. I will say, I think I got my prediction right. Oh, no, I only got two drivers. My bold prediction, I said four. I, I got two of them got right. Christian Mansell was able to score one point in the feature race, and Nikita Bedrin was able to score one point in the sprint race. So I got two out of the four of my bold prediction right. But I can't remember yours. I feel like yours was wrong, though. I'll thank so. I can't remember yours, but I feel oh, like yours was wrong. I think it was none was... taken. None taken. <laughs> I think it was meant to do about like the safety car or something like that, or DNFs. It was something like that. We'll have to listen again at some point. <laughs> maybe, maybe with the break taking place. Obviously, we will talk about F1 Academy in a few weeks' time with the preview of that. But maybe next week's episode, we kind of listen back and kind of see who's leading the standings between the two of us for predictions. In the points. Yeah, episode 15, reviewing F2 and F3 prediction points and analysis. <laughs> no, we don't need to do that. 
why i'm gonna enjoy it because i feel like i'm the one that has more points than you yeah exactly that's why we don't need to do it i just want to hear some of the bold ones like we visit some of the bold ones (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) yeah i mean as mentioned in earlier part of the episode um it is le mans this weekend so i will need well, actually, before we get into the lawn, uh, news came out yesterday. Sorry, my head is all scattered this morning, this afternoon. Um, because of Emila being cancelled, both F2 and F3 have announced that there will be no replacement race taking place. So this makes it even more competitive for these drivers because they have one less round to secure points. So I honestly think for F2, normally it went to the last race before Abu Dhabi, which is... Monza, Monza, Emila, Monza, Monza, Monza. Monza. Normally, Monza determines the winner. I think it's going to go all the way to Abu Dhabi now because of how close it is potentially. Um, F three will go to the last one hundred percent. I know that will definitely be the case. Go to the last one, which is Monza. Um, but one less round to get points when it counts every single weekend. Like, what do you think? Well, uh, you know, I, I think if we have a Mercedes Junior driver and a Red Bull Junior driver going into Abu Dhabi for a title decider, I think some people are going to get PTSD. <laughs> oh, well, it'll be for F2, it'll be Mercedes and Sauber Academy. Oh, yeah, right now, because. But yeah. Wasa is Red Bull and Behrman is. Ferrari. Ferrari, yeah. Yeah. So literally the top got a four way fight for the championship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you have one other Dennis Hager, but he's way down at 57. Um he's, he's Red Bull as well. Yeah. And about half Where's the next... Red Bull. Yeah, because then only Williams up is Jack Dewan, who's currently 12. So we wouldn't get <laughs> Williams involved into that situation. Um uh, there's no McLaren, there's no Haas. Um no. I mean Alpine, yeah. I said, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Jack Dewan's Alpine. Who's I was, was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, yeah, Jack Dewan's Alpine. There is no Williams in F2, but there is Williams in F3 with Zach O'Sullivan and... F1 Academy. Luke Browning. No, no. Oh, no, sorry. No, I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a Williams, I think, in F1 Academy as well. Um, oh, name forgets. It's been a while since we've talked about F1 Academy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Interesting. It could be a three-way battle between Mercedes, Sauber, Alfa Romeo, interesting to say, for title contention, and Red Bull um, towards Abu Dhabi. But we'll see. Um, Yeah, as mentioned, we have Le Mans coming up this weekend. Um, So right after Barcelona, a few of the drivers had to literally bolt out of the paddock to go straight to France to do the testing. And I'm going to list off some of the names and where they come from because there's a few XF1 drivers, there's a few feeder series drivers, and there's a few IndyCar drivers. I will apologize. I don't, and also Formula E, I don't know much about Rally. I don't know about much of the other endurance drivers. So I'm just going to list off the names that I definitely know where they come from, uh, where they're currently racing. But it is the 100-year anniversary of Le Mans. So it is 62 cars taking place this coming weekend. It's, I'm so excited. Qualifying starts today. Um, we're recording on Wednesday. So records around starts around 6 p.m. tonight on Wednesday. I'm really excited. But looking at some of the names, we have Scott Dixon, who races in IndyCar, Jack Villeneuve, XF1, 
Um, let's see. Sebastian Bremi, F, uh, Formula E. Antonio Felix Costa, Formula E. Antonio Giovinazzi, XF1 and XF3, uh, FE. Paul DeResta, you, if you listen to Sky Sports, you recognize that name. Uh, Jean-Eric Byrne, F1. Jack Aiken, an XF2 driver and F3 driver. One Manuel Correa, so he is one of the few drivers from F2 currently racing. He'll be racing with Prema um, in the LMP2 cars. Who else do we have? Brandon Hartley, Pietro Fittipaldi, uh, F2 and XF2, and is currently the reserve driver for Haas. Uh, Robin Friends, Formula E. Let's see. where Ollie Caldwell, um, XF2 driver. He'll be racing with Alpine. Robert Kvitza, um, XF1, iconic-ish driver. <laughs> um, who else do we have? Daniel Kruvet, XF1 driver. Um, oh, where? I'm, sh- I'm sure uh, Kvitza's racing under an Italian flag. Yes, he... Oh, no. It, according to autosport.com, he is still racing with the Russian. There's a few Russian drivers that are still racing with the Russian flag. Mm, I don't know. I know I he wouldn't... I know he drives under the Italian license. Oh yeah. So yeah, that, that, that that's that's probably it. You know, so although they've not although, moved over. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, because obviously you know, with things that went on you know, last year and it's so long going. Um yeah. Russians have a, a people, you know, a Russian Base drivers have a hard time getting licenses and stuff now, so yeah. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, um, Drew, I think he's reserved because I don't see him listed, but there is some drivers that are still to be announced as well. But he does race with um, Prema, I believe, in in the um, endurance cars, and I think Montoya as well is being um, supported as well. But there is um, an innovative car as well which is using a Chevrolet Cam- Camaro, which is pretty much a NASCAR, obviously filtered a little bit. And it's Jimmy Johnson and Jensen Button, along with Mike Rockefeller, who will be racing in that car. However, they cannot get podium. They cannot get a win. It's just literally an innovative car. There's been some wild innovative cars throughout the years, including a hands-only car, the Batwing one that looks very cool, uh, a few other, uh, I think it was like a hydrogen or carbon only kind of one. So quite an interesting one as well. But there's also a lot of reserves as well. So I think some of them could be some other drivers that we might recognize. But according to the website I'm using that was posted a while back, actually, um, there's still some drivers that probably could be confirmed um, for it and kind of change around. But I'm really excited to see it. Um, will you be watching it, Tom? Uh, yeah, I'll probably have it on whilst I'm working and stuff. And um, I, I, I am, uh, I, I am actually competing in World Series of Warzone, which is called a Duty Tournament. So I, I don't look at me like that. So I'm, I'm going to have my laptop on my iPad here next to me on, 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 on the chest of drawers next to my desk. So, so, so whilst I'm shouting all sorts of profanities and shouting, he's one shot. I'm going to be, I'm going to look at, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try and watch it. I'm hoping I can watch some of it. I'm like I said, I'm still house sitting and dog sitting this weekend for my mates. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to find a stream or I'll just have to listen to it where I can. I can watch Sunday's part, but not much, some of Saturday. But 
yeah, I think that's it for episode 14. Um, pretty much Formula Talk is available on YouTube where most episodes will be recorded live. I say this every single week. Um, but you can also find us on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search uh, Grid Talk to find our backlog of shows with previews and reactions to not just um, support series, but also for F1. You can also find our sister show, as mentioned, which is Grid Talk, which covers primarily, again, everything F1. Um, please consider supporting our channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. And again, make sure you subscribe to us so you're the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. Given that there's a bit of a break, um, we might be discussing probably Le Mans. We might do our prediction review if I can find the time to listen to all our 14 episodes, 13 episodes where possible to kind of gather the points. Um, I mentioned IndyCar. It's a little bit of a quiet week next week. So there'll definitely be an episode out. We'll make sure, but a little bit unsure what the topic will be. But thank you, Tom, for joining me as always. Pleasure as always, my friend. And we'll be back soon with playing more content. Thank you very much for listening to Formula Talk presented by Bet Online. Goodbye.